The Hub is a community. Manuscript, book and print cultures, stamping provenance towards the history of the Time of Year Library. As well as being heard. The Hub is a space celebrating tenure. This created by Coral Sea. The Hub is about impact. The Hub is for everyone. Where we're meeting virtually, of course, because of the lockdown. Uh, my name is Jane Olmeyer and I am the director of the Trinity Longrim Hub and uh, for those of you who don't know what the Hub is, it's a research institute in the arts and humanities where we do three things. We celebrate the excellence of the arts and humanities in Trinity. We um, have a, a, a support multi and interdisciplinary research and transdisciplinary research. The third thing we do is public humanities um, and today welcome to our Fellow in Focus. We have an amazing community of uh, fellows uh, who are normally in residence uh, with us, but because of the lockdown, we're all at home and we're broadcasting from our homes. Uh, but it gives me great pleasure to uh, welcome uh, Rita Duffy. So Rita is one of uh, Ireland's best known artists. A bit like myself, Rita, you grew up in Belfast during the Troubles and we're going to hear about some of uh, Rita's early work. Uh, she also will talk a little bit about Rita's raft, which uh, is hanging on the building. Of course, none of us can see it, but normally 20,000 people a day would walk past the Trinity Longroom Hub and Rita's raft went up on Brexit Day. So we'll talk a little bit about, about that as well. Um, also, I'm hoping we'll get to reflect on how Rita is responding uh, to the last four weeks where uh, obviously these extraordinary circumstances. Uh, so the, really the, the, the format of our Fellow in Focus is a conversation uh, between Rita and myself and then we'll invite you, our audience, to send in questions. Some of you already have. Those of you who are doing it on Zoom, there's a Q&A function and I'll ask the question for you. So please send in your questions. Uh, we'll also take questions uh, to anybody who's joining us on uh, our Facebook page. Uh, and just apologies, we have been having technical issues. We very much hope that they've now been uh, resolved, uh, but we are gonna carry on uh, uh, regardless. And I'd love now uh, to uh, uh, turn to Rita. Uh, Rita, you've been in the hub at an incredible uh, moment. But before we talk about you know, your, your prior work, can you tell us a little bit about where you are at the moment? Because you divide your time between Cavan and Achill, but I think you're, you're actually in Dublin actually at the moment, aren't you? Yes, I decided to stay in Dublin. I'm resident here in a beautiful old CIE cottage in Inchicore, number 24. Um, and I was out in the garden earlier on. I saw the little family next door heading off on a picnic. Um, and I've been, yep, anchored to the drawing board, um, trying to make sense of everything that um, has been going on around me and not get too, too far into my own head. Um, but it's, yeah, it's a strange, surreal and very interesting time, I think, to be an artist in Dublin. Absolutely, Rita. Before we talk about your response to um, the moment, tell us a little about your earlier work. And, and, and obviously, uh, we both grew up in Northern Ireland during the Troubles in Belfast, and it, it profoundly influenced 
uh, some of your earlier pieces, it was really sort of the early 2000s that people really got to know uh, uh, some of your amazing pieces in Thaw and uh, obviously uh, a nod to the Titanic. And then again, uh, 1916 and the amazing work that you did in terms of how we commemorate something like uh, 1916 and obviously the Great War as well. But tell us a little bit about you, what you were trying to achieve with these pieces, uh, you know, where you were coming from in all of this. Well, I went to art school in Belfast at the end of the 70s, early 80s, and everything that was going on in the art school at that, that time was looking to London and New York and abstraction. And, and I made a very conscious decision that um, I wanted to make work that was, that was reflective of what I was seeing around me, what I was living through. And at that time, Belfast was exploding, quite literally. Um, so I started to make work um, believing that somehow an artist should be um, honest and um, living in their own time, in their own place. And I suppose that was a sort of a boldish thing to do in that, um, you know, I studied, I, I went back and did my MA in Belfast rather than going to London um, because I genuinely felt that um, there was something important to be said about what we were experiencing. Um, and I've always, I've kept with that, I, you know, that sense of the, the, the personal experience is, is all that we really have to draw on. Of course, you're influenced by history, politics, um, identity, all of those other things um, that we read and research come into the work, but um, it's, I think, a striving to be true to oneself mm. um, that's important. So a lot of the projects that I made in Belfast were um, either, you know, based in the studio, where I would make drawings and work that was intensely personal, or um, engaging with communities and coming up with ideas to um to explore and to take people on a journey that that they essentially was kind of asking them to be creative in their thinking as well and and i think we've got some visuals rita i don't know if Eva or francesca can put them on so we can actually have a look at some of those amazing pieces that you created um, uh, and you can maybe talk to us uh, through them. Aoife, can you put, uh, is it possible for us to see some of the visuals? Thank you. Uh, and Rita, as they come on screen, hopefully uh, you can, uh, we're seeing everything size me, yeah, just at the moment, but, but uh, if we can move through some of the, some of the, obviously well, let's come back to the raft in a minute, uh, uh, Rita, and we'll look at some of those other works, or these, these are all, yeah, well, these are these are kind of randomly photographed um, images from the walls here in the studio. Um, yeah. I I started to um, I, I was very interested in the whole idea of protection, yeah. and you know, clothing as protection, protective clothing, basically responding to a lot of the language around the COVID virus and um, trying to kind of. Um, link that to things that were interesting me before this pandemic um, and I started to look at the, simply the shape of a, of a brassiere um, cupping one's face like a mask so there's a degree of humor in this but there's also a very um, a very specific sense of that dangerous territory 
between individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, I began to make little tags with, um, with you know, small missives um, that could be sewn into garments. Um, and I really liked the idea of um, your, your own clothing being the first layer of protection. Yeah, this is an image that um, obviously was gleaned from some of my research on the computer. Um, and I can't help but think that the, the Spanish flu and all those historic image, images of um, epidemics and um, you know, people dressed in, you know, to, to protect themselves, like that fascinating image of the doctor with the large beak mm. um, and how psychologically, spiritually, superstitiously we believed that um you know smell or the miasma could be kind of kept at bay um but the little name tags that i used to sew into my son's school uniforms became kind of sort of interesting i was thinking about all the students at trinity and wanting to sew uh little kind of aspirational hopeful things into their jumpers or their shirts um and I suppose it, it really is depend. It, it totally depends on how how you keep your head in a time of trauma. Yeah. And I think um, I read somewhere that um, if you can find something to do when you're under serious threat, that you'll survive. Um, and I believe that. And that's where I think creativity becomes massively important. Yeah. You know, go and do something that that you find interesting. Or, or you know, um, re-engage in an obsessive habit like drawing, or playing music or something, and um, you'll not go too far wrong. Um, and you might even come up with interesting connections between the stuff that we're being bombarded with and the stuff that we really feel strongly about. Absolutely, Rita. And in terms of feeling strongly about, maybe it's the moment to go back to that image of the raft. Um, of the Medusa, which is still hanging in Trinity. And if you could, God, now we're longing for the days of Brexit. Uh, uh, yeah. the news. But, but obviously, this was your opening salvo. One of the first things that you did as a fellow um, uh, in Trinity. Tell us a little bit about this extraordinary, powerful image uh, and, 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 and the thinking behind it. Well, I worked on this image last spring. Um, up in the studio in Cavan um, and I gathered together a bunch of young men. There's actually one woman on that raft um, and looking at it now it seems quite bizarre. We are all of us on that raft and the flags seem ever more irrelevant. Um, the flags that are on this raft were gathered in Belfast from lampposts, kind of tattered bits and pieces of flags. I put on the contents of Irish stew um, simply because I, I like the, 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 the sense of nourishment, but also to be in a stew is a confusing place. And mm. I suppose confusing places are, um, are, are we, to be confused is probably the area that I feel most comfortable in, in terms of making art. Um, and obviously this is drawn on the Gericult's raft of the Medusa, a wonderful, huge painting in the Louvre. Um, I reinterpreted it as a Brexit moment 
um, with the Titanic and the iceberg coming over the, the wave. Um, probably not the best um, ship to, to rely on. But um, it just seems, looking at it now, it seems like it's taken on a whole other level of meaning. I mean, this is a virus that, that knows no flags, no boundaries. Um, and it's, it's chilling to think that, you know, our old ideologies of nationhood and borders were so fixed. And then we are absolutely, um, you know, sucker punched into a realization that as human beings on this planet, we really do need to kind of rethink and, um, and reposition ourselves um, as a global family um, that are all adrift somewhat. Um, and perhaps that's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. um, I've been reading Arundhati Roy's essay. Oh, yeah. She views the pandemic as a portal to possibly a new type of living, a new type of world. And I sincerely hope that we don't go back to the old one, mm -hmm. that we don't come out of this unchanged. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, people are suffering, there's death. People are desperately trying to come up with solutions and to kind of get us through this safely. But I think there is something else happening. Mm -hmm. um, and I th think that with all the spare time that we have now, it's probably not, not a bad thing to review how we actually live as individuals, what we consume, you know, all of those small pleasures that are, that are being um, negotiated as to, is it safe? Can I do that? Is that permissible? Um, all of those things I think should be um, examined thoroughly. Mm. Well, it's that opportunity for reflection and, and but also I think um, your work, uh, the work of other creative artists and practitioner, it gives people such inspiration, um, solace, uh, hope at this moment. And, and I think that sense of hope is worth so, so much, Rita. So, you know, even just the conversations we've been having with you uh, uh, over the past month, and, and getting a feel for, you know, the work that you've been uh, uh, producing and also allowing us to imagine what the world is going to be beyond uh, uh, the virus and, and how we're going to cope with those challenges. I think, you know, for me, that is just incredibly uh, powerful, and as I say, very, very in in inspiring. But I'm also very conscious that the artists, the playwrights and the creative practitioners you know, it's a very tough time for them financially, economically, um, and it's a time of, you know, hardship for, for many. Um, you know, what can we do about that as a society? We, we value hugely the creative, and yet, you know, crassly stated, we're not willing to fund it at an appropriate level. You know, is there anything that we can do to show our paymasters and, and make that case uh, uh, to them so, so we actually, you know, put our money where our mouth is. Well, I mean, I think it's really interesting. On on the one hand, everything has collapsed. All the appointments, all the the concert halls, all the exhibition dates, all of a sudden, have frozen, um, and we have to do things in a different way. I mean, I was very interested to see uh, Culture Ireland um, funding um, a whole other way of delivering artwork 
because it's, I mean, it's evident that, that creativity has become massively important as a tool for survival. Um, and it's, it's amazing the amount of small poems and little videos and all of the imagery um, that I'm looking at online where people are reinventing paintings. There's a whole series of um, people uh, creating uh, artworks inspired by classical paintings, which I think is phenomenal. Um, and just the, the activities that people are getting up to with their children, with their families, uh, to amuse themselves. I mean, it's, I, I think it's really um, hopeful and I, I mean, I think it's amazing that we're, people aren't sitting dumbly in front of television screens, um, you know, vegetating and, and kind of being bombarded with cataclysmic news on a boringly repetitive cycle. Um, so it's, I mean, I, I, I just think that it's fantastic that we have technology that you and I can talk, we can have this discussion. Yeah. Um, and perhaps it's kind of putting a little bit more energy into using this technology um, as a way of globally connecting and exchanging. And, and I hope that doesn't change. I, I, I'm, I'm doing a lecture in Pittsburgh um, in, a, in a few weeks time. I think it's wonderful and I don't have to get on a plane. Um, I mean, it's, it's amazing to think that you can actually be at home and work. And maybe, maybe people in the, artist, in the artistic community are more used to being solitary and using and, and taking time to kind of make their work um, and being okay with that aloneness. Um, at other times, I think it's, it's very important to be with people and to exchange and engage. Um, but I, I think it augurs very well for the future that people are recognizing that we miss the music, we miss the, the, the exhibitions, we miss the, the, the kind of communal activities that the arts provide us. Mm. Um, and perhaps as individuals, that's a very good thing to, to be aware of. Mm. And, and hopefully we'll see more funding and more, um, you know, if the, if the arts and creativity really is put at the center of our society, and this is what I always hoped in Belfast, that arts and creativity would become a real force for mm. social change. Mm. And unfortunately, we didn't seem to get there. Um, I mean, it takes a lot of courage to, to kind of um, shift the bureaucrats mm. into kind of realizing that um, the powerless in one way are the powerful. Mm. Um, and to, to convince artists that what they do is actually not just maybe a little important, essential and as an artist myself I kind of wake up in the morning and sometimes I think here I am in isolation what am I doing what's the point of this and you have that daily conversation and encouragement with yourself um, so as a society I think in Ireland we've we we, we haven't been too bad mm. at recognizing that we need to support um, our artists and people who have difficult and challenging times mm. uh, to keep going um, mm. And it seems like when you stand back and, and look at the larger picture, you know, the bus drivers, the nurses, the, the shelf stackers, the, the, the care home workers, people that were somewhat undervalued and dismissed and certainly not terribly well paid or important, all of a sudden they become 
much more relevant and essential than a, a very talented tennis player mm. or mm. A, a Kardashian or, you know, all of that triviality that we've, we've valued or we've allowed to become valuable in our society. Mm. I think that all needs to be rejigged. Yeah, absolutely. And my goodness, this is the moment to do it. I just want to go back to what you were saying about during the Troubles and, and how you had worked so hard, obviously with many others, to put the arts very much at the centre of the conversation. We have a colleague here in Trinity who met you for the first time when he was a schoolboy. Um, yes. and, and to this day, he said, I spent a day with Rita in an art class. It must have been some sort of integrated schooling Yep. you know you're, you're trying to, to bring communities together and he said I've gone off he's a very distinguished immunologist now he says but I've never forgotten that day she inspired me as a 14 15 16 year old and and I carry that class with me today and I think that to hear that is so powerful Rita so you think you're not having an impact and of course you're having a huge impact and I agree with you about technology here we are doing our first fellow in focus ever on Zoom. There are people joining us from all over the world. I think that's absolutely fantastic. We also are going to try something here with the technology. We've got a, a glimpse of some of your art earlier in the conversation, but we also invited you to make a wee video of where you are in Dublin and in a sense, your studio. Um, before we move to the Q&A, and I know we've got lots of questions coming in that I want to turn to, could we're going to try and play that video so those of you in the audience if you can just bear with us while we actually let you come into to Rita's studio and see her world again you know let's see if technology is going to to, to behave itself so it's looking good here we are okay <laughs> Rita it's like it and thank you for sharing that with us it's lovely to get a feel of you know because it has actually clearly been a very creative moment for you and I love the stuff that you're producing but listen time is obviously marching on so I'm going to take some questions and we've got a number here so the first one is from uh, Leila uh, Gudowski and Leila says how do you get your news Rita how do you stay abreast of the different and vast perspectives on what COVID-19 is and what it's caused by uh, and what it's collectively doing for Ireland and the world but yet stay balanced so that's Leila's question Okay, well, um, generally I'm getting the news by reading the newspaper online. I don't have a television. I'm not a big fan of TV. 
but um, I've been living here in number 23, North Terrace, um, and Annie Dibble, who owns the house here, my, my, um, my fellow cocooner, um, we watch the television in the evening time and crochet manically. Um, we have a, a COVID-19 blanket shaping up beautifully with kind of overtones of Rothko. Um, so yeah, I, I, um, I crochet and tie little knots in wool uh, as I'm watching the television and, um, and, and I read, I read articles and um, I follow um, kind of good writers and um, The Guardian, I think is probably, The Guardian Online is probably my go-to source of information. And, and you I, I go up for a jog, don't you, Rita? Oh, yes, I'm taken to jogging. Now, <laughs> my, my knee joints are, are reminding me that swimming is probably a better um, activity, but I can't, I can't quite get to the sea here in Dublin. But um, yeah, the jogging is really good. I, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying that. Yeah, and I love the blog that you wrote for us last week. Um, uh, uh, so if anyone who'd like to see that's on the Trinity Long Room, Hub website. There's a lovely blog from Rita talking about creativity at this moment, but also her daily jog and, and getting the lipstick on before you go out the door. I love it. Yeah, I've, I've got a made of my own. I'm, I, I, don't, I don't think I'll be giving up the day job. Um, <laughs> but, and athletics were never really my thing. But jogging is actually a very methodical, challenging pursuit. And, yeah. and you definitely exercise the lungs. Yeah, well, I think that's so important. And just getting out, especially yeah. at the moment, it's such a beautiful time of year. You know, the, the birds, the flowers, the beautiful trees. So I completely. So there's another question here from v uh, Vicky Kostick from Belfast. Um, uh, so her question, Rita, is I know you're used to long periods of self-imposed isolation in Ackle. Uh, is there any differences with the coronavirus lockdown uh, and how you work? Are you seeing any paradigm shifts in your work that you're aware of? Yes, I mean, I started um, at the Long Room Hub. Um, the residency was was all about um, interventions and disruptions, and um, you know, I've I've continued that. Um, to being in Dublin is 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 really interesting, um, and just before the 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 crisis hit full on. I had gathered a whole series of images um, that I saw at the National Concert Hall, which was the venue for the discussions and debate over the treaty, and which eventually saw the partition of Ireland. So I'd been playing with zippers and making interventions on those photographs with, with zippers, because I had this whole notion that I would open a haberdashery department in the souvenir shop project. Uh, little did I know that um, it, it would be um, a haberdashery of a different sort, but um, I'm well used to, to the isolation and I like being on my own to work. Um, it's just at times, I mean, I think the weather is a huge part of it. I mean, at times on Ackle, it, it feels like the roof is blowing off the house. Um, and, and, and that can be a little bit daunting. Um, I just, I'm so grateful that this has happened in the springtime because I think it's been a whole lot easier to kind of look at plants and, you know, watch birds and know that the summer is coming um, and that it'll soon be kind of time to go and jump in the sea.
I can't hear you, Jane. We've seemed to have lost. Sorry, that's because oh. I didn't unmute myself. Sorry, uh, uh, Rita. Um, I have another question here from Frank. He says, uh, he's referring to the importance of humor in your work, especially when dealing with very delicate and complex issues. Do you want to just reflect a little bit more on the importance of humor in what can be a very dark world? I think humor is probably one of the most undervalued and underused uh, things in our society. Um, the the attitude and the conversations in in Northern Ireland seem to get so boringly repetitive without any sense of human insight. I mean, we laugh at things that that frighten us that we don't understand, but I think it's a really good way to disarm people and in terms of real communication. Um, and I love the irony that's possible when you take something very small and familiar from one world and bring it into another. Um, like putting the zipper into that crowd of people outside the National Concert Hall back in 1920 um, mm. and, and kind of just echoing or suggesting how, how that crowd might be unzipped. Um, Sorry, uh, absolutely. I have another question here from Jennifer Keating. She says, with the residency at Trinity, you've been immersed in an academic environment. What responsibility do you feel as an educator writ large for students in the formal uh, setting, but self-taught students as well? So in other words, this transition into an academic environment, Rita. Well, I mean, I've, I've, I've presented lectures, illustrated lectures internationally at different mm. universities, but I've never taught at a university. So mm. it's really interesting to be around young people, to be around people that are studying all sorts of different things. Um, I'm finding that very inspirational. Um, and it challenges me, and that's good. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of looking at the coronavirus uh, the picture of it, not understanding the science of it totally, but really seeing um, seeing it in other ways. I mean, I, I, I came across some imagery of the coronavirus and it looked like Carrick McCross lace with all the little spikes yeah. coming out of it. Um, I mean, that definitely went into some of the designs for the, um, the border balaclavas, which are probably the ultimate facial protection. Um, where you can't even identify a person. And I last night I just I came across a report that said doctors in Ireland, healthcare workers in Ireland, were wearing pictures of their faces on their chest because they wanted the patients to see their facial expressions or to see who they were. And with all the protective um, masking and covering of the face, that wasn't possible. And they were concerned that it might frighten patients, which it probably was. Um, and I thought that was a really nice kind of inventive way of crossing over that challenge. So, um, yeah, it's been very interesting uh, being amongst people who are obsessively researching and studying their own area. And I find that inspirational, no matter what people are studying, 
Mm. When, you, when you get somebody that's kind of living and breathing their subject, that can't be anything other than inspirational. And likewise, I think for us, having you as part of our community, you know, it's taken us into a, a world that we don't normally venture. I mean, and it's been inspiring uh, uh, for all of us in the Trinity Long Room Hub, and everyone in Trinity that has had been a privilege working uh, and interacting uh, with you, Rita. I think we've all learned a huge amount. We also have had Rough Magic, the theatre group uh, with us, and Lynn Parker and her amazing team. Again, they bring you know, you guys bring such powerful um, insights and perspectives to things. So very mutual there. Another question from Sarah. I don't know what Sarah's other name is, but she says, what's the most inspirational moment for you in your career to date? Well, that's a challenge. That's like, <laughs> that's a real tough one. Um, hmm. I think one of the one of the, the one that springs to mind immediately. Um, I remember when the Turner Prize was being awarded in Derry during the Derry Capital of Culture Year, and we were all very excited that a, a young woman who had just had a baby won the Turner Prize. And I remember thinking, "This is really good. Times are changing." And this other woman came up to me to tell me how much she appreciated the artwork in the children's hospital in Belfast. Mm. She had a very uh, sick child. Um, and every time they went to the children's hospital, the child insisted on going over the glass floor where we had a very imagined little city beneath. And he loved this and got so much pleasure and joy out of it. And I remember after that conversation feeling, yeah, in that project, I won the Turner Prize in terms of how that child was engaging with that artwork. Mm. So there are lots of small, um, small triumphs that you, you don't really kind of think about all that all the time and you, you, you rush on to the next project. But you are leaving behind things or you're helping to leave behind things that give people pleasure, that give people respite, that give people a sense of um a sense of wellness a mm. sense of 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 life you know that 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 life will go on and that things will get better yeah. um or you're challenging them to think a little harder well this takes me very nicely to the next question rita which is from uh, gabriel scally and his question uh, is, as someone who challenges society, how do you react to the enforced social restrictions and to people, perhaps uh, such as your, your neighbours, um, who don't conform uh, and uh, who are, are, aren't behaving at the moment? Um, not your neighbours at number 23, but I mean, uh, uh, more generally. In other words, how, how are you responding to... Uh, well, I generally look, I generally consider the best in people um i mean we've started um we take it in turns here to make dinner so we started cooking and um not that my cooking's great but i decided to um deliver dinner to a few friends up the up the block and round the corner um at a distance leaving it you know ringing the doorbell in a plastic glove and leaving the dinner on the wall and then having a conversation kind of at the length of the garden. So um, of course that was responded to by uh, them reciprocating a few days later 
with the same sort of gesture. And um, so we've, we've started a kind of a master chef competition <laughs> here in, in Shakur. It's getting all very competitive. Um, I'm not sure how, um, I, I don't think, I'm not sure how else human beings can kind of interact other than with some sense of responsibility and kindness. And I'm very inspired and pleased at how it's being reciprocated. Um, I haven't been spat at, unlike some of the guards. I haven't had those awful situations where someone is insisting on kind of standing too close. Um, it's a bit like being a New Yorker in normal times where, you know, kind of personal space is very, um, very important. Um, and I, I suppose I, I rely on people's good sense and, and their own sense of self-preservation not to come too close to me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, absolutely. I've got a lovely one here from Claire Cunningham and she says, uh, hello, Rita, enjoying the conversation. I remember some years ago that you had a plan to tow an iceberg into Belfast Harbour and let it melt. Uh, some people, I'm quoting here, got their knickers in a twist at the very idea. Did it ever happen? Um, and if not, might you revive the idea? Well, I still think it was a good idea. Um, and it may well be that it's, you know, it, it could happen in, in time to come. I did get to thinking that the iceberg perhaps was already in Belfast in terms of the way we interact with each other and the, the lack of willingness to kind of go forward, forgive and allow that thought to take place. Um, I mean, I am aware that global warming and 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 the effects that we humans are having on this planet um, is probably what we need to get working on um, right now. Even even with our cautionary virus situation, I think um, there's probably a large light flashing that we need to change and we need to address how we how we live and and how we interact with each other mm. i mean no one has really started to look at how this pandemic is going to affect refugee camps there's just been a suggestion that it could be bad um and i think unless we become aware that um this virus um threatens all of us that poor people uh, their sickness will affect how wealthy society the, the general health of wealthy society. So it's in our own interest, it's in everyone's interest that we make a fairer and, and, and more willing to share type of society all over the globe. Um, that iceberg idea still pulses in my work. Thank you, Rita. I've got two questions actually about the raft. So one from Hed Hedvig Schwal, who is a, a dear friend coming from uh, the uh, Irish uh, uh, College in Leuven. And Hedvig's question is about the raft. And the first thing is, why is there only one woman? And the other question is, is somebody wearing a t-shirt with a dictator on it? So... Uh, <laughs> Well, the, the raft was made um, in collaboration with Stanislav Nikolov, who's the photographer that I work with. Um, he's Bulgarian, uh, Eastern European, uh, people who in Ireland quite often have a lot of prejudice thrown at them. Um, the t-shirt, 
I acquired in Bulgaria and it's the president or prime minister of Bulgaria that's on the on the t-shirt um, he does look a little bit like a dictator but that's only because of the hat I think um, and he's holding a little pot of shamrock which is kind of alluding to our notions of um, Irish identity or nationality um, and I'd like to think that um, uh, Stanislav and all his fellow Eastern Europeans are welcome and useful and hardworking and talented and and um, what very welcome to live and be amongst us in Ireland. Yeah. So so uh, absolutely. Um, there's another raft related question here from Deirdre uh, Doherty, who says, "Dear Rita, apart from Jericho, who are the artists who influence your work?" Well, I. I certainly, um, I love Goya and it's interesting in this time, one of the first things I did was kind of return to that series of the war etchings that Goya made, um, which were dark and um, quite, quite brilliant. Um, and artists like Paula Rigo, um, I, I mean, there are so many artists given, a, you know, in a particular situation, in a particular time, you sort of gravitate towards what you need. Um, I mean, I just love the way Goya draws and those tiny little kind of figures. And I mean, I've been making a whole series of work on Dublin bus tickets before the, the, the pandemic. I've been looking at the Book of Kells and that whole monastic tradition and the illustrated manuscripts and the decorativeness. Mm. And the one thing that I felt and, you know, from mm. research and how the monastic tradition um, behaved, I realized that women were missing. Um, so I was kind of creating my own little book of Kells on Dublin bus tickets, uh, slightly more sensuous, and definitely with them um, with the, the female uh, repositioned uh, on those on those little kind of discarded uh, pieces of paper. Love it. Okay, I think we've got one more question, Rita. You've been brilliant at answering them. Just, I mean, I love the conversation. This one is from Lilith uh, uh, Acadia, who's actually a fellow in the Hub, yeah. and she says, "Thank you, Rita." for bringing such effervescence and inspiration into the hub this year. One of your gifts to us was coming to disrupt the science and art reading group uh, for discussion of the mutual influence of the two fields. Would you tell us how the science of the moment is impacting your art? Well, I'm certainly taking a second view of the whole idea of security and protection and and I'm curious about how how the science of this pandemic works I mean one of the things that um, I'm a little concerned about is you know if we are complacent and emerge from our isolation you know without regard to perhaps this returning or how do how do our immune systems work in terms of um you know perhaps having the virus and then recovering um is it going to affect how we interact with each other 
Is there going to be a culture of fear or will the science reassure us? Mm -hmm. um, I suppose um, that's something I'm curious about. Um, and I, I just have to kind of live through it and, and, and watch it emerge. Mm. I, think, I think the whole language of science is really interesting. Um, and the, the, the choice of wording and how we describe things can really um, trigger ideas and connections for me visually. Mm. Um, and that's, you know, that's of interest in my work. And and how do you visualize? How do you how do you um, basically create an image that speaks to those connections? Those are all challenges, and those are all things that, as you make a piece of work, you know, at one level, um, what's needed, and at another level, it's like you're you're kind of hoping to hit on something in a random free falling sort of way it's not like you really start out with a very specific thing is you know one thing is triggered by another and then you have that explosive moment where you know that you're you're onto something mm. um and it's i suppose it's not dissimilar to how scientists who are hopefully putting their heads together globally okay. and trying to kind of um be inventive as to how and what might um, trigger something um, that will help us. Mm. Rita, we've run out of time. And before though we say goodbye and we thank you, can I just say in terms of the work, obviously our amazing raft continues to hang in Trinity and we'll be hanging there for the foreseeable future and hopefully we'll be still hanging there whenever <laughs> we can plan on that <laughs> nobody expected it to be up there for months it was just going to be a couple of weeks um but the fact that you know when the building opens and we and we return to, to normal you know people obviously we'd love people to come in and, and look at it it really is absolutely so so powerful um but what about these pieces that you're producing at the moment how will we be able to uh, uh, see those? Will you have some sort of exhibition? You know, because I, I think some of the work that you're producing at the moment is just so important and so profound. Uh, you know, how can we see more of it? Or, or, or what are your plans? Well, um, I still have aspirations to get to that uh, Koala Press. Um, perhaps the... Um, given the restrictions and given given the kind of um the logistics of what we're going through it'll depend on on whether people can actually come together again as in, in groupings as to whether it's an exhibition perhaps it'll be an online book yeah. um some way of um being able to kind of browse through uh, imagery with text um that would seem the kind of immediate solution mm. i mean i had um i still harbor some um ideas and aspirations to do physical um interventions at trinity um in that upper common room um so i'm working on that quietly um and as soon as it's safe i'll sneak in through the door and um put something on the wall um <laughs> and it's uh, but I, I suppose if people aren't able to 
access places or aren't able to go go into libraries or aren't able to then you know we have to we have to think laterally about how best to deliver things mm. um, I mean right now I'm interested in working with women who are sewing um, who are creating uh, protective clothing and I think um, it might be possible to do some little interventions with mm. those I mean that project with the name tags I was yeah. calling it so it seems um, and in a world of kind of fake news and um, dreadful news it might be quite nice to send out little messages almost yeah. like um, how you would if you were uh, marooned on a raft at sea. What a brilliant way to end, Rita. So on behalf of everybody who's joining us online and uh, uh, from around the world, thank you. Thank you for today, but also thank you for being part of our community in the Trinity Longroom Hub as one of our fellows. It's it, it, a huge privilege to have you with us. You're an utter inspiration. And I think the co conversation today, the, the wisdom, um that uh, and, and i hope people will listen and, and reflect and and you know you're helping to guide us through an extremely challenging dark moment so all i want to do on behalf of everybody is to give you a big round of applause so thank you very very, thank you very much thank you. <laughs> sounds like a football match yeah. <laughs> and rita like everybody stay well um enjoy the the easter break uh, and the sunshine and look forward to connecting with you again soon so bye and 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 and, and stay well you too thanks very much bye care bye the hub is a community manuscript book and print cultures stamping provenance Languages towards the history of the time of the year library as well as being heard the hub is a space contemplating Ireland through the communities this created by Coral The hub is about impact. The hub is for everyone. Here's to the next 10 years.